proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing the people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving the posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. My name is Charles and I'm so glad that you decided to tune into this podcast, praying that something you hear in the next little while will stir your heart. Give you a reason to stand for the Lord in this day and age to show forth the light, to be the light and salt of this generation to a lost and dying world that needs to hear the truth. Uh, with me is my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Brother Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Charles. It's Again, it's good to be here on this podcast. We, we uh, didn't do one for a week and it just you know, it just seems like it's been forever, feels like. So I'm yeah. good to be back, even though it's been a week. Only a week. Yeah. It still feels like forever. I agree with you. It's been a while, and I've, I've missed it. I miss being on here. Yeah. I miss talking to the people. Um, really so glad that we be able to come together today, and I'm trusting that the Lord is going to use this podcast mightily. Um, before we get started, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Scott, if you don't mind, I usually have you pray, but I feel like I'm going to do the praying today. Go ahead, sir. Um, uh, I'm going to say a prayer that the Holy Spirit completely takes control before we get started. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand in your name. God, we long, and every believer, Lord, should long for some way to be a productive part of your kingdom. You are all about God being used. You're all about service. We live in a kingdom of service, God. We live in a kingdom of service right now. One of these days, we will receive the kingdom of reward. But until we do, God, we should be busy about your business. There is always something to do. Jesus, you said, look at the fields. Are they not white and ready for harvest? And we need to be about the harvest right now. Father, we pray for this podcast. We pray, Lord, that you release the spirit of conviction and adoption. That, Lord God, you transform this time and make it a time where you speak. I feel with all my heart that today, Father, you have something special to say to the people that will be able to tune into this podcast that you're going to send forth your word, that you're going to do a work in each and every heart. Lord, I pray right now that you stir up the gifts in me, stir up the gifts in Scott, that you can take control, Holy Spirit, of this podcast, and you allow it, Lord, to be a blessing to those that are listening. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Scott, it has been a couple of weeks, and uh, we're on a series. The series is called The State of the Heart Address. We did this after coining the phrase of how the, the President of the United States every January would come out and do a State of the Union address and address the nation about where the nation is, where it was, where it's going. And, uh, Scott, we took that and we used it for the State of the Heart Address. We talked on the first episode or the first part of the State of the Heart Address about the days of Noah and how God made a decision during the days of Noah to start over basically. And he took Noah 
and his family and put them safely in the ark and flooded the world and destroyed all living things on the earth and made way for Noah and a brand new start. And uh, it was because of the hearts of the people that lived that day, God, that he made his decision. God mm-hmm. made his decision based on the hearts of the people living during the time of Noah. The second part of the podcast or this ep- or this series, we talked about the state of the heart according to the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and how God decided to rain judgment down upon Sodom and Gomorrah because, again, of the hearts of the people. And, uh, Scott, it's all about the hearts of the people, you know, when uh, Israel was taking the land of promise from the enemies, there was several times that God would say, don't go over there yet because their sin is not yet full. I mean, I believe with all my heart that what he meant by that phrase is, is their hearts were not at the shape that they were during the days of Noah and their hearts wasn't completely at the shape they were during the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. I believe that God makes his decisions on what happens based on the hearts of the people and their ability to receive, to respond to the spirit of God and to the word of God. And when a heart, Scott, gets to the point where it's no longer receptive, no longer bleeds, no longer is convicted by its sin and by the sheer darkness that's in the world, that God has no choice but to judge. And I don't think God is a God of judgment as much as he is a God of mercy and love. But when he's left with no alternatives, God, then that's what he's do- That's what he does. And at first we thought there was only two parts to this series, Scott. We thought that the days of Noah and the days of Lot were the extension of this series. But during the last one, I was quickened by the Holy Spirit that there was actually one more part to this series, and that part is today, and we're going to talk about that part. Uh, but before we do, I have some scripture, Scott, I want to read, and I want you to read before we actually get into the material that God has laid upon our hearts for this particular podcast. Uh, the first scripture I want to read is going to back up what I said about when God has no other choice, then judgment is the final straw. This scripture is found in Ezekiel chapter 22 and it's verses 30 and 31. And it says, and I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I've consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their head saith the Lord God, their own way. So God, when he's left with no other choice, Scott, when the hearts of the people are at a point where they will not receive and will not hear his voice, all he has left is judgment. But Scott, that's not his ultimate goal. That's not his purpose. That's not his plan. That's all that's left. And that's what God does at the final straw. Would you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree with it. I think you brought it up just perfect. When it builds up to a point, and you're about to do that with these scriptures, I'll try to not uh, let the cat out of the bag, as they say too soon. But when, <laughs> when you have this build up, 
as you just said, of the people and their their cry, the state of their heart. And and Charles, you don't necessarily have to throw up a a, a middle finger in God's face for the cry to come up before the Lord. Your cry can be a silent cry, and and what you're doing and what you're not doing as well comes up as a cry. And when that buildup gets to a certain point, and we're about to reveal this, then God is going to, as they say, give you what you desire. And yep. uh, I'm, I'm thinking that's what's kind of going on today and the reason we've got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, God's definitely given us exactly what he said in that scripture. According to their own desires and their own heart, God is rewarding the people exactly what they've been asking for in their heart. Scott, when we talked about the days of, of, of Lot and of the, the, you know, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Sodom and Gomorrah was judged, and uh, they were judged because of the sin of the people in the city was great. And God went and double-checked to make sure that what the cry was of the sin that was coming up before his throne was as bad as it seemed to be, and it was. And... Uh, so God rained judgment. But there's a story about Sodom and Gomorrah where God visited Abraham prior to going to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's our key point today. And I want you to read that story. It's found in Genesis chapter 18. God is on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah to double check that the cry he heard from his throne was as bad as it seemed to be. But on his way, he made a stop to Abraham. And uh, if you will read verses 17 through 33 for us right now. I will do it. And it's again found in Genesis chapter 18. I'll start at verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence, because there were two others with the Lord. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. <laughs> and the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the 50, Wilt thou destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I won't destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure, there shall be 
40 found there. And he said, I will not do it for 40's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall 30 be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. I, I'm going to speak just this once more. Peradventure 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. Mm -mm -mm. What a story. What a story. There is so much in this. It's so rich. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> Through the through the whole Bible, there is a mystery that's woven within the scriptures. And that mystery is not revealed to any and everybody who just reads the Bible at face value. Now, don't get me wrong. When you read the Bible, you get the plan of God. There is an ultimate plan that God has that's being carried out. And that ultimate plan started in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1. And it's going to end up in Revelation at the throne of God. But you know what? There is a plan within a plan. Now, we read from Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel saw many visions and many symbols and many things that God showed him in regards to his ultimate plan. And one of the visions that Ezekiel saw, Scott, was a will within a will. And that will within the will was a representation of Jesus Christ, meaning that within the ultimate plan that God had for humanity, there was a plan of redemption woven in the scriptures about Jesus coming, dying for our sins. And all those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior will be, they will be saved from the ultimate destination of the rest of humanity. So there was a plan within a plan. Now, Scott, just like here, when God was on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah, he knew the heart of Abraham. And he knew that Abraham would intercede on behalf of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, before we got started on today's podcast, we were talking and you said that Abraham had a vested interest in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's true. Abraham's family, his nephew Lot and his family lived in those cities. So Abraham was interceding because he had a personal investment in these cities. He wasn't only in, he wasn't only interceding for righteous people that he may not have known, but he had a family that lived there and he was a he was interceding for his family. But, Scott, there's a mystery woven through the scriptures from top to bottom and from left to right and from beginning to end, and it's the mystery of the intercessor. And if I'd be so bold, I would say that if you could see it in the spirit, it'd be a will within a will within a will. <laughs> there is a plan that God, God has principles, and those principles work. When we adhere to God's word, when you do it the way God wants you to do it, you get results. There's ways to manage your money woven through scriptures that if you follow those principles, your money will be blessed. If you don't, then you'll be cursed financially. 
there are scriptures regarding healing in the scripture in the Bible. And if you follow those scriptures and you claim those promises, then you will receive healing on a physical level as well as emotional and spiritual. There is principles, Scott, regarding intercession. And God knew Abraham's heart, and he knew that Abraham would stand in the gap. Remember when we read that scripture in Ezekiel that God looked for somebody. Mm -hmm. God looked for somebody. You see, God's <laughs> ultimate plan is not judgment. I know that some people may have a vision of God sitting on his throne with a lightning bolt in his hand waiting for men to make a mistake so that he can rain fire and brimstone on them. But that's not the real heart of God. The real heart of God is a, a God of peace and of love and of restitution. God wants to find a way to save. He wants mm -hmm. to find a way to reconcile. I mean, if you'll read John, uh, the, the book of Isaiah, uh, in the first chapter, Isaiah was another prophet that God showed the big plan. But the big plan, he also showed Isaiah the plan within the plan. Because it says right here in Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. For though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. God is looking for a reason to save. He's looking for a reason to re reconcile. He's looking for a reason to restore. And just like Sodom and Gomorrah, Scott, on his way, God knew if the cry was as great as the, the one that reached his throne, then the only alternative he had for Sodom and Gomorrah was judgment and destruction. But he also knew that if he could find someone and I feel the Holy Spirit on this, Scott. Mm -hmm. If he could find someone to stand in the gap, then he would have a reason to reconcile. He would have a reason to restore. He would have a reason to save. And Abraham interceded all the way down to 10 righteous people. And God said for 10 righteous people, he would spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, though they be filled with people that were evil people that were unresponsive, people whose hearts had grown so cold and so strongly hard that they couldn't respond to God's call anymore. God would spare them for 10 righteous people. Now, we know that the ultimate story was is God couldn't find 10 righteous people. But the wonderful news is, is God did take the ones out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his family. He took them out of there before judgment fell. And just like that, before judgment falls ultimately upon this world, God's going to take his righteous people out and keep them safe from his judgment. But you know what, Scott? There is a mystery of the intercessor that I want to talk today about when God looks for someone or calls someone that will intercede on behalf of a city, a nation, a kingdom, even a group of people, a family, even one person. One person can be interceded for, and God changes mind. Uh, let me give one more example. Let me Charles, give one quickly, more example. Yeah, go ahead. You go there. For you go there, intercessory. For some, they might not even know or for, are familiar with the term intercession, intercessory. Uh, 
prayer. How would you, for, for the folks in just simplistic terms, kind of define what you're meaning when you, when you use the word intercessory prayer? How would you, in, in your own words, define that? Some folks may not have ever heard that or familiar with that term. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I believe, and I may not do it justice, and you can help me out here, Scott, but intercessory prayer means that you can you can call out to God from your heart on behalf of someone. We have lost loved ones. I have lost loved ones, Scott. You do too. You have people. You have you have you live in a country that needs to return to God. And you can call out from your heart on behalf of a situation, whether it be a person, a place, a kingdom, a realm. And you can call out to God and say, God, have mercy. God, reconcile. God, find a reason to save and deliver and not judge. And based on the influence you have, and that's a key phrase, Based on the influence you have, you can move the heart of God to change the destiny and the course of a person, a place, a kingdom, a realm. Abraham was going to be able to change the destiny of two cities and everyone that lived in it if he could find a way to do so. And God looked for ways. And Scott, he looked for ways to save Sodom and Gomorrah. Unfortunately, he couldn't find a way to do it. That's that's a good term. I I I, I like it. I love it. It's it's can you, it's just can you say it in a different way? <laughs> you don't need any help, sir. I thought that was a good definition. It's just basically what you said. It's just a it's a time of prayer that that you set apart uh, in your life. You're you're feeling a burden, just like Abraham felt a burden when when God revealed what He was about to do to those cities. You know, it was Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. And when he revealed to Abraham what was about to happen, yeah, Abraham did have a vested interest in it, but he, he didn't want to see destruction. And he knew, here's that key phrase again, because of the relationship he had with God, he knew how he was and could play to that. You notice in the scripture, he keeps saying, will the judge of the earth not oh. do right? Will he, will he destroy the righteous with the wicked? I, and he's playing real hard to, to God's heart, trying to turn it. And, and there's not a thing wrong with that. So it's a special time of prayer that you have feeling the burden that you see in today's society. But I love what you did. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, that's only one level of intercession. Yes. And there are levels of intercession that are woven through Scripture, stories where God's ultimate plan was in effect. Oh, and I feel the Lord on this. Detours. Um, <laughs> intervent interventions. Uh, I call them collisions with God. Mm, I have nice. had days, God. I have had days where I have been on my way and had a plan for the whole day. And I knew exactly how my day would go. I'd be on my way to work or I'd be at work and I'd be thinking, you know, today is going to go a certain way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, I've got plans. You know, I had plans today to go and 
take care of business before I done a podcast. And there have been days, Scott, where my plan got interrupted by God's plan. And <laughs> God intervened and he had a plan and I would run into somebody or I would run into a, something would happen and it would change the course of my ultimate plan. And eventually I'd get back on my ultimate plan, get things done, but there was interventions. There was times that I would have something would happen and it would cause an interruption in my day. And then after it happened, I would realize that it was the Holy spirit at work. And all the way through scripture, Scott, the Holy Spirit intervenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, An example that I can give you is when during the time that it was after Israel was overcome by Babylon and all of the people of Israel were carried away into Babylon and then Babylon fell and and, the Medes and the Persians came and then a Persian empire took over. And during the Persian Empire, Nehemiah was a man who was lit. He was an Israelite, but he was living in the palace in Persia, and he was the cupbearer. And he had friends come and visit him, and he asked the friends, "How are people doing in the land of Israel? How's it going back there where my my countrymen are, where I live, where my home is?" And they told him of how in bad shape the people of Israel were, how they were living like vagabonds and, and they were living like homeless people and the cities was the city's gates were burned to the ground. And when Nehemiah heard this, he was seized in his heart and he began to pray for God to make a way to restore Israel back to its former glory. And Scott, Nehemiah influenced God and God started a plan that caused the Israel to be carried back to the land and to restore. And they rebuilt the city. They rebuilt the walls. They rebuilt the gates and they rebuilt the temple and the worship of God began again. Now, Nehemiah was only one man, but he influenced God, (laughs) but it all started with God coming to Nehemiah through his friends and saying, listen here, this is what's going on. Give me a reason. God said, in in, in Nehemiah's heart. Give me a reason to do what I really want to do, and that's to restore, rebuild, to reconcile with the people, and that's exactly what took place. Can you think of another example, Scott, where someone stood in the gap or interceded and God's heart was moved? Oh, my gosh. Like you said, there's there's constant instances that – come into play there's constant times through the bible boy you could pick a bunch here on on many many levels i'm not sure which which level you want to go but there's many levels where uh (coughs) the lord would can i just say for a minute i i love the fact that we're setting up the fact and principle here especially in today's time and age there's there's a tendency and I'll, i'll get to what you said i promise but there's a there's a time in the tendency to throw your hands up in today's society and the situation that we're in. And uh, I like what you're saying about God is that judgment comes from God when there's no other recourse. When you give him no other option, there's, there's, there's coming judgment and, and he will do these things. But 
the Bible specifically states, Charles, in so many places that he delights in mercy. John describes him as God is love. And you just pulled this out of Ezekiel where he said he's looking to and fro, trying to find somebody on the face uh-huh. of this earth that will that will stand in the gap and make a difference that he could show himself mighty to. And, and I also love what you said here that you just picked out one man, Nehemiah who affected a change. One man. Boy, we don't need an army, do we? It'd be sweet. It'd be great. But we don't need an army, really. We just need one person who will stand in the gap that starts a change that affects God's heart. And and I think that we need to be reminded of that in this day and age that right now in today's times, and you know what I'm alluding to, but you know right now in today's times, it's there's a tendency to to give up to, to quit and say that the game yeah. is over, but that's not the case. That's that's not that's what not we are supposed true. to do. That's not the reason God put this in your heart to talk about today and for us to do a podcast on. It's not a time to give up, but it's it's a time to continue and and stand in the gap. Um, and I have lost your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but, but I, I'm telling you right now, one person – and the, I'm trying to be, I got to be reserved here. One person can, can affect the change. One person can make a difference. Uh, just like One you're saying. Go yeah, third, ahead, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you did great. I thought you did wonderful. And that just exactly what you said, the underlying theme of the mystery of the intercessor. Ooh, and I feel the spirit of the Lord on this. The mystery of the intercessors woven throughout scripture where God finds a way to make a change. He finds a way to save a people. He finds a way to restore a nation. He finds a way to work. And it's it's the heart of God, Scott. Yes. The ultimate heart of God. Like you said, judgment is his last resort. And he's not looking to judge. He's looking. When, when the people give him no other reason, then that's the course he takes. But even in the midst of judgment, Scott, you see mercy. Like with with Lot, God decided judgment must fall upon Sodom and Gomorrah, but mercy was mingled with the judgment because God took Lot and his family out before the judgment fell. Oh, now, oh, 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 oh do you, I'm sorry. Let me interject this. Do, do you hear what you just said? That this this just backs up the heart of God. I'll quickly say this. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but but just quickly think about this for a moment. It, back up just a little bit. And you see Abraham and God making a covenant with each other. Hey, if you find 10 people, will you will you spare the city? Right then and there, God makes a covenant contract with Abraham. He cannot go back on his word. God is a God that never goes back on his word. He said, sure, I'll spare the city if there's 10. Now, like you said earlier, Charles, he couldn't find 10, but this is the mercy of God. He only found three that come out of that city. That wasn't in the right. covenant contract. God could have very well, by covenant contract, went ahead and destroyed oh. the whole city and, and be righteously judging in such manner. But because he loves mercy so much, even oh, though he, he didn't find the covenant contract, he found three and spared them. This is the delight of the Lord. I'm about to get excited, but this is the delight of the Lord. Would you Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I'm getting excited right along with you because I feel the power of God because he has given us, Scott, 
the ability to change a destiny, to change a destiny of just one person, if if need be. Mm. Uh, and intercession is on several levels. I know that most of the examples we've been given was intercession on behalf of a city or a nation like Abraham and Nehemiah. Uh, another example of a, of intercession upon a upon a, a whole con- a whole country or a whole city. The the story of Nineveh in the book of Jonah, where Jonah was told by God to go to Nineveh and proclaim judgment and look at the heart of God again. Look at the heart of God again. God sends Jonah because the hearts of the people. Listen, I want to do a little bit of teaching here for a second. The hearts of the people, the hearts of the people moved God to make a decision. And ultimately, God's decisions are based upon the hearts of the people. And he will make a decision based on the hearts. And whatever the heart cry is, it may not be what you're saying with your mouth. It may not be what you're saying with your words. But your heart's cry is what God makes his decision by. And the city of Nineveh's heart cry to God was a heart that was no longer responsive to his word, no longer responsive to the call of God, that he couldn't get them convicted. So he sent Jonah to proclaim judgment in 40 days. So Jonah walks the, the, the length and breadth of the city, giving out God's command, saying in 40 days, Jonah, God will judge Nineveh. And guess what happens, Scott? The king of the city heard mm-hmm. the cry of Jonah, and he said, let's proclaim a fast and let us intercede. Let us call upon the name of the Lord. And who knows? Oh, I love it. Who knows? Yeah. God might change his mind. And, and Scott, this is another revelation in the <laughs> word of God, of the heart of God, because God's like, go ahead, do it. And they cried out to God in fasting and in prayer. And God changed his mind and the judgment was held back from destroying Nineveh because they interceded. And you see how God's heart is? He looks for a reason to save. He looks for a reason to bring mercy. And the hearts of the people in the heart of the city might call one thing, but because somebody stands in the gap and calls out upon God and says, God, just like Abraham, I know your heart, God. I know what kind of God you are. You're a God of love. You're a God of peace. You're a God of reconciliation. Give a, find a reason to spare, find a reason to spare. God found a reason to spare the whole city of Nineveh. And you know what? We live in a day and age where, God can find a reason to spare any city, any nation, any place, any person. If he finds those people who will intercede and cry upon the name of the Lord. And like you said, I believe the underlying theme of this podcast is one person can make a difference. Amen. Yes. I like, I like what you're saying. I mean, can, can we just focus on that a minute? I, I'm sorry. I'm not meaning to repeat what you're saying. You're saying it eloquently. But think about that, what you just said for a moment, because what Jonah proclaimed, <laughs> if you go and read the book of Jonah, I tell you, I'm just, I'm shaking with today's word. I don't know about you, but, but if, you, 
if you go back and you read the book of Jonah, you see Jonah got specifically the command, yet 40 days, and this city will be overthrown. Period. That's it. That's all he that's all he said through the whole thing. But just because peradventure in that king's mind, just maybe God will change his mind if we Amen. do what we're supposed to do. Charles, he even put sackcloth on the backs of the animals. Even, That's right. even to that point. And he caused everybody to not eat that day and to be concentrated in prayer on, oh, God, forgive us. They didn't get a, a, a promise that that was going to happen. That was not said in the prophecy. It was just a hope. And it changed God's mind because he delights in mercy. He delights in hearing the cry of his children of repentance, forgiveness, and help us, God, he delights in that. With with no more than what that king had, he changed the course. Now think about what me and you could do with what we have at our disposal today in the power of the Holy Ghost and the New Testament covenant. Think of what we could do, the damage to Satan's kingdom, the changing that could occur if we could come together in unity, in a prayer. Let's throw away the church covenant. Forget about the 10 bylaws and why we don't match up. Who cares? Let's get on our knees and affect the change while we still have a chance. I believe that's the crowd of the Holy Ghost. And I've got to calm down right here. That's the crowd of the Holy Ghost. It is. And I'm getting excited right along with you. As you were speaking, I remember back years ago in 2009, I was seeking the Lord regarding the destiny of America and the destiny of this nation. And I said, God, what will be the end? What will be the end of this country? What will be the end of this world? What is the sign that it will come to an end? And God didn't speak to me saying, when you see the moon turn red to blood and the sun become black like sackcloth, then the end will come. He didn't talk about wars and rumors of wars. He didn't speak to me about earthquakes. He didn't say that look for some big sign in the space above or the skies or on the ground beneath. He said the end would come when there were no more intercessors. Mm. Yes. And Scott, that's the plan. The, the hearts of this nation resulted in the leadership that we now have. Yes. I know I'm just going to come out and say that right now, but All right. we, we have a lot of people that are upset about what happened in the last few days and the new leadership that we now have over this country. And some people are excited about it and some are upset about it. But I'll tell you right now, the ultimate plan of God is not decided in the leadership. Although, and I will say this, we got the leadership that our hearts cry, truly cried for. Amen. The country cried out from their heart. Now, I'm not talking about what they said with their mouths. I'm not talking about what they said with their words. I'm not talking about what they said in paper or in print or in news media or in social media. I'm talking about whatever the heart cry was. God decided the leadership that this country wanted based upon the cry of the hearts of the people. And we have the leadership today that we have because of our heart cry. But in the midst of all this is a plan within a plan, Scott. 
Mm-hmm. In the midst of all this is a way for us to change the course and the destiny of any person, place, any nation, any country, is if we can find people who will stand in the gap and cry out, God's delight is in mercy, like you said. God's delight is in reconciliation. God's delight is in finding a reason to save instead of judge. And Mm -hmm. right now, he is making that call. He's saying, don't give up, just like the king of Nineveh. Hope, you know, and, and I remember a scripture where Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And it said that Abraham hoped against hope that although God decided to take Isaac back from him, that there would be a reason and a cause and a way for God to keep the promise of Isaac becoming a great nation. And his hope was justified because he got there and God stopped him from sacrificing Isaac. Look at what we could do. Just like you Mm -hmm. said, Scott, everyone that is called by the name of the Lord, every born again believer has the ability to move God on a level, some level. It may not be the level that Abraham had or the level that Nehemiah had, but everyone that is called by the name of the Lord has the ability to move the heart of God, to have mercy mingled with judgment, to have salvation mingled in the midst of bringing about his ultimate plan. There's a plan within a plan, Scott. Help mm-hmm. me describe what I'm saying. Help me explain what I'm trying to say. Well, I'll, I'll definitely tell you this. I, I needed this podcast today. I'm going to be the first to raise my hand. You let the cat out of the bag now. You let the cat out of the bag now, so I'm going to go ahead and talk. But uh, this, this election cycle, you, you described it succinctly. We got what we cried for. Yep. Uh, you, you know, this, this guy, Mr. Biden's coming into office now, and that's exactly the heart's cry that came up out of this country to God. And he gave you the King Saul that you've been crying yep. for. And, and Charles, right. let me just for a moment, let me just let me just say we can't kill babies in the name of convenience and not expect the Joe Biden to rise. We cannot call uh, marriages right. that are ungodly as OK and expect Joe Biden not to rise. And that's exactly Preach what right. happened here. That's exactly why we have this. But what I like about today's message and it's all over me. <laughs> well, what I like about today's message is in the point, Charles, that I wanted to give up and I wanted to just throw my hands up and say, well, it's done. It's over. We got what we deserve. Now yeah. we've got a message today saying, wait a minute. Now's not the time to give up. One person can affect the change. One person can make a difference. One Nehemiah. And how dare you, sir and ma'am, judge yourself this morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast and say, I'm not that close to God. How do you know? How do you know who you are till you take on the journey? You just might be the person listening to this podcast just might be the Nehemiah God needs to make a change. Uh, The one that he's looking for. That might be you. Do not subscribe to judging yourself as I'm not that good. I'm not that close. I've done too much sin. I've done too much damage. But listen, God is looking to and fro to find someone who will dare to get on their knees 
and say, he might be president, but I can still affect the change. I can still pray for mercy. I can still pray for grace. I can still pray for God's people to rise up, for evangelists to begin to speak, apostles begin to prophesy, prophets. you got to stop me, Charles. I'm starting to get excited. Stop me here. No, no, but, no, but, no. You're, doing, you're doing great. And I praise the Lord for the way that this is going because I had one vision in my mind for this podcast, but I knew in my heart and I said in my heart, God, I know you got something you want to say to those people that are listening. You've got something you want to say. And Scott, this is it. This is it. This is what God wanted to say. Yes, there's an ultimate plan. Yes, this country is on a it's on its way down a chosen path. But in the midst of this, the ultimate thing that matters the most is the eternal destination of every person. Yes. And you may live in a world that does not love God. You may live in a world that thumbs its nose at our Savior and takes the name of God in vain. You may live in a world where babies are killed every day in the name of convenience. And people are joined together that they call themselves holy, but there is no holiness in it. You may stand in a world that, that does these things. But you also live in a world where God's spirit still cries out, Abba, Father. Yes. Where God's spirit still cries out, show me someone who will cry out on the name of God and effect a change. And like you said, Scott, there's no big eyes, There's no little U's in the kingdom of God. Everyone has the ability to influence God on some level. And anyone listening in, if you would dare to speak up and say, God, I may not be much in this kingdom, the world, but who knows what kind of influence I have in the kingdom of God and begin to cry out and move the heart of God to move on a people, on a person, on an event on a city level, a country level, a nation level, or a world level. Amen. Let's let's bring it down to here, Charles. Have, have, let's bring it down to this. We've, we've stayed on the world stage for a little while here for a country stage. Let's, let's yeah. bring it down to this, too. Have you ever seen the movie War Room? The War Room. It, it, if you have it, I, I suggest that you do. It's quite inspiring. It's quite a good movie. And the premise, I, spoiler alert, if you don't want, if you don't want to know, you better pause this podcast right here and go watch it because I'm about to spoil it. So there's your spoiler alert. But in this this whole premise of this movie was the fact that this dear old sweet lady had figured out Charles the secret, the secret sauce, the power, the superpower, if you want to say it that way. She figured out, and in her house, in a closet somewhere she doctored up this little room and she made it the war room now all this thing was was where she went in there with a pad and a piece of paper and she began to pray she prayed for the people she came in contact with she prayed for the city that she lived in she prayed for her family members she went in there secretly charles nobody knew now she would pick uh depending on how the lord would lead her one person that would come into her life to pass this secret sauce on to, to guide, to mentor. She'd pick one. She'd pick one, and she'd let them in, and she'd show them everything that she's doing. And and she affected a change around her, Charles. And, and she showed it to this one young lady that came into her life, 
the one young lady's marriage was in trouble. Her husband was was about to cheat. Uh, everything was just going haywire with their jobs. And she began to find her closet somewhere in her house. And she wow. took her pad and her pencil. And she began to pray. And on a personal level, and I know you got a scripture to back up what I'm saying when you want to unleash it. But on a personal level, for the city that she lived in, for the people around her, she affected a change. At the end of the movie, her husband got in church and got saved. Jobs straightened out the way they were supposed to straighten out. And they got a, they got a closer walk with, Lord, with the Lord and peace and joy like they never had before, all because of this little simple intercessory war room in their house. So not just not just on a person or I'm sorry, not just on a world stage level. Can you affect the change? But are you sick and tired of seeing things going on in your own personal life? Are you tired of being captive to the enemy in strongholds? Here I go (laughs) of fear and depression and worry and seeing your kids hooked on drugs and seeing all this stuff go on. You don't have to stand there and take it. Make your war room. Affect the change because God's looking for somebody. You got to take this back, sir. Take it back. No, 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 no. I love it. I've never seen the movie, so thank you for the spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. I couldn't pause the podcast and get away from it. But I still want to see that movie now that you've talked about it. I, I've heard of it, but I've never saw it before. But it reminds me of the story in the book of is a, is a Bible of First Samuel chapter one about Hannah. Yeah, and yeah. Hannah was a woman that was barren and could have no children, and uh, she took it upon herself to go into the house of God and begin to pray, and she began to intercede for herself. And there's nothing wrong with that, Scott. Nope. There's nothing wrong with that. The intercession that God wants you to do can be for yourself. It can be for your husband. It can be for your wife. It can be for your backslidden child. It can be for your family. It can be for your workplace. It can be for the place that you go to work out. You can make a difference in whatever realm you live in. But Hannah interceded for herself and she began to pray. And it said she got to the place where all she could do was groanings within her spirit, groanings within her heart to God. And God heard her heart's cry. Mm. Sweet Holy Ghost oh, took over. God heard her heart's cry and moved the heart of God. And God opened her womb and Hannah had a son. And yes. we know that son's name to be Samuel, the great prophet. And he began the prophetic error of the Bible. God went from organized religion to the prophetic move of Samuel because one woman believed in her heart that if she began to pray and intercede, that God would make a difference in her life. And not only did she change her destiny, Scott, and have a child, but that child changed the destiny in the course of a whole nation because Samuel, he went on to anoint Saul and the King David. And, uh, it was all started by a woman's intercession because she believed and her heart's cry touched the heart of God. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. Do you see? This is a good example. I'm sorry to interject again. This is a good example of the wheel within a wheel within a wheel that you were presenting earlier. I mean, look at that for a moment. Let's 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 do a scenario right quick, Charles, where somebody that's listening to us says, Okay, 
I hear you, Scott and Charles. I'm going to go to my prayer closet, and I'm going to pray for my nation. Goes yep. in there with the specific purpose of praying for his nation. Nothing wrong with that. Sure, go ahead and do it. Well, let's say God comes to you and says, uh, I want you to pray for so-and-so. I want you to just pray for so-and-so. Focus on that for now. Maybe it don't make a lot of sense to you. Maybe you think, well, maybe I'm not that important because God's just telling me to pray for one person instead of President Biden. Maybe, I, okay. maybe I'm just not one of those type of intercessors. Hold on. Hold on. Because Hannah just wanted a child. Think what you just said, Charles. Hannah just prayed for a child. She just wanted a child because she was tired of being beaten up and, and told she was half a woman because she couldn't bear a child. And she went in there with that specific purpose. She got that child, and she birthed a prophet that ran a nation and kept a nation in line with God as long as he could. So whatever you're praying for in that intercessory prayer, don't think it's small. Don't think it little. Don't think it not important because whatever God's telling you to pray for can start a chain, a wheel within a wheel within a wheel that affects a whole country with just a small seed. I tell you, I got to stop. Take this, take this back <laughs> over here. No, you're right on the money with it. God used that. See what I'm saying? God looked to and fro. He found a woman whose heart's cry touched him. And not only did he answer her prayer, but he said, how can I use this to affect change and give me a reason to save and not judge, to restore and not you know, and not destroy. God's delight is in mercy. God's delight is in mm -hmm. reconciliation. And he used Hannah to bring forth Samuel to change the course of a nation. Somebody prayed for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. God, listen to this. Somebody yeah. prayed for you and you was born again. And now you're speaking on a podcast and you're touching <laughs> lives. Hallelujah. Now, you talked about that will within the will within the will. And I'm talking about a plan within a plan within a plan. God's got everything under control. And it doesn't matter who sits in the Oval Office. God's plan is going to be completed. But in the yeah. midst of all that, we can pray and influence a whole nation by influencing one person. They asked Billy Graham, how do you change the world? One soul at a time. Right. Somebody prayed for Billy Graham and he got saved. Somebody prayed for you. Know, remember the story about Stephen? Stephen was stoned to death for his faith. And in the midst of that stoning, Stephen looked up and prayed for the guys that were stoning him. And one of the gentlemen that was there being prayed for by Stephen was a man named Saul. Mm -hmm. and Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Don't tell me for one minute that Stephen interceding for those men that were stoning him to death didn't make a difference in Saul's life. And look how Stephen, with his one act of obedience and intercession, changed the course of the whole world by giving us Paul the Apostle. God looks for a reason. He looks for a way. And Scott, he's looking for a way today. This this podcast is God saying, give me a reason. Give me a reason yeah. to reconcile. Give me a reason to rebuild. Give me a reason to restore. Give me a reason to act 
upon the way that I really want to. My heart's cry is mercy. My heart's cry is joy. My heart's cry is peace. My heart's cry is salvation. Give me a reason so that I can act and show myself strong on that behalf. And Scott, that's what he's crying out today. That's what he's going to continue to cry. The spirit of the Lord is going to use somebody if they will dare to believe. And Scott, will you be one of those? Will I be one of those? Listener, will you be one of those people who dare to believe that one person can make a difference? Scott, what would you say? Absolutely. Lord, help me to make, help me to answer this call. I, 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 I want one man, one person can affect a difference. One person can affect a change. And I think that's, that's the whole purpose. If I can sum it up, I don't know where we're at on the time schedule but this is this is the purpose of this podcast today is yeah depending on what side of the fence you fall on the election was a troubling thing there i said it the election was a troubling thing you want to look at this if if you're a bible believing god-fearing christian you want to look at this and say defeat election stolen throw all through all the things you want to throw and you want to lay throw your hands down and quit and give up and i, I was guilty of that i'm going to be the first to admit I was guilty of that. But today's podcast, if you're listening to this, God is specifically, Charles, trying to tell me, you, and everybody that's listening, now is not the time <coughs> to quit. Now is not the time to give up. Now is the time to begin to pray, to intercede. This is a wake-up call. You want to look at it like that. I'm that's talking true. about the election. This podcast, too. But this is a wake-up call. Now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to give up. We need to be jumping in there, Charles, to uh, give a, a, a example that we were talking about off mic with Moses and Aaron and her. Now is the time to either be sitting there holding your hand up in prayer or intercession or finding somebody who's got their hand up and jumping yeah, in and helping them. You remember the story? Mm-hmm. You remember the story? You can tell this more eloquently than I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a story found in Exodus where God decided – that it was time to go to war. And Moses told Joshua to get his mighty men and go to war with Amalek. And Moses said, I'm not going to go fight. I'm going to go on the top of this hill and I'm going to start interceding for you. And Moses Mm. went on top of the hill and he held up his hands and began to intercede for Joshua and his people that were fighting. And it said, as long as Moses kept his hands up in the air, the people of Israel would be, would prosper and win. But when his hands dropped, the people of Israel would start to lose the battle. And Moses got tired because he's human, because he's only one man. And it said that his brother Aaron and Ur, another one in the priesthood, came and held up Moses' hands and kept them up until Israel won the battle. Now, this is, the key, this is the key to that. Moses was interceding. And Aaron and Ur were interceding for Moses as Moses interceded for the nation of Israel. And because of that, Joshua and his men were successful in the war. We can make a difference just by interceding for a, different, a, a leader. And whether that leader be the leader of a nation, of this nation, or you be praying for your pastor, Maybe your pastor is the one interceding for a nation or a city. Maybe you're going to be interceding for your son or your daughter, and they are interceding for someone else. Everyone has 
power to influence and give God a reason to reconcile, to restore, to save, to show mercy in the judgment. Scott, you were talking about the election and how troubling it was. And a lot of people would throw their hands up in the air and say, well, it's over. We're on a destiny now. They'll never stop. America's on its way down and they, they want to quit. They want to argue. They want to throw their punches on social media about how we made a mistake and there's nothing we can do about it now, except for take our medicine. But Scott, this is not what this podcast is all about. That's right. Podcast, That's right. This podcast is all about God saying when it looks its darkest, begin to believe and call upon the name of the Lord, hope against hope. And give God a reason and give God a reason to move and give God a reason to fight and give God a reason to stand and show himself strong, whether it be to you and your household or to you and your city or to you and your nation. All God needs is one person and he can change the course of the whole world by that one person, Scott. So let me also say this too, to, to add a tag to that, Charles. Preacher, pastor out there listening to us, you might be listening to this podcast. You want to know what to do next? Maybe you think you know. I'm saying this lovingly. Maybe you think you know. Maybe you think now's the time to start generating flyers for how corrupt Trump is and how he lost the election and to go on some kind of militaristic offensive. No, that's not what God is wanting you to do, preacher and pastor. If you're going to listen to God, if you want to know what to do, if you want to hear what he's wanting you to say, it's not a militaristic offensive. Charles, we've had to do this once before with another church. Let me resurrect this one more time. Now is the time not for you to go on a militaristic offensive and jump on social media and jump on radio and start blabbering about how bad this is and and how we've got to fight Trump with swords and armor and, and, and nasty flyers. That's not what God wants. God is speaking to you, preacher, pastor, leader of the church, leader of whatever ministry you're under right now. And he's saying, right now, I want you to hit your knees. Call a solemn assembly. Charles, if you don't care, would you look that up for me? I, I know you got the ability for me, and I, and I, will, I will continue talking for a minute. But there, there's a solemn assembly that is calling to the Bible. You should know this if you're a preacher or pastor. And that is exactly what he wants the body of Christ to be doing at this very moment. Call a solemn assembly. Call a fast. Let me know, Charles, when you got that pulled up. Call a solemn assembly. Call a fast and get ready. And get ready because now is not the time for a militaristic offensive. Now is not a time to put up nasty flyers. Now is not a time to start beating up the Democrats and Republicans on social media. And I'm not saying not to call out the sins and things that you normally see. But what I am saying is God is asking us to hit our knees and begin to intercede. Hey, here's you. Here's you something, preacher. Take one service instead of getting up there and preaching and call a prayer meeting. Woo, that's that's different, isn't it? I mean, we don't do that a whole lot anymore, do we? You know, where we just go in there and we find an altar or a corner somewhere and we just pray. We pray for our city. We pray for our nation. We pray for our people. That's what God is asking. Charles, have you got it? Have you got it pulled up? Yes, I do. Okay, and go I'm right gonna, ahead, sir. I'm going to read just a little bit of Joel. It's in the book of Joel, another prophet of God. And I'm going to start at verse 13. It says, Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. 
how ye ministers of the altar come. Wow. Lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withhold from the house of your God. Sanctify ye a fast and call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. For alas, the day, the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty it shall come. See, when you recognize God's hand, you recognize the pathway of a city, of a nation, and you see it could be even your household, and you see that there is a reason. There's a reason to call a fast. There's a reason to call a solemn assembly. Pastor, there's a reason to gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord and begin yes. to cry out to God and say, God, you can give you. We're going to give you a reason to move. We're going to give you a reason to change the course. We're going to give you a reason. And we're given these principles in the word of God, Scott. We're given these mm -hmm. principles and God's God's hand is moving. And God's mm -hmm. made decisions, and, and leadership has changed. And it's not a time to give up and throw your hands up and say there's nothing we can do about it because God's saying now you can cry out to God and give me a reason. Give me a yes. reason. And that's what I want to say. Let us listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks today. Listener, Scott, myself, let us hear God say, give me a reason to move. Give me a reason to change my mind. Give me a reason to stay the course that this great nation may be upon, that everyone else might say, oh, we're going down and there's nothing that can save us. Cry out to God and watch God work. Even if the yes. nation itself is not saved, how many people can we get on the ark before the flood comes? Amen. How many people can we get into a safe, strong tower of God before judgment falls? Like I said, God saved Lot and his family from sudden destruction upon Sodom and Gomorrah. How many can we save if we just begin to cry out on the name of God, Scott? Hallelujah. Here, here's, your, here's your goal. How many can you fill in your ark, Noah? How many can you fill? There, there's you something to pray for. <laughs> Maybe you might not make it to the Oval Office, but how many do you want to fill in the ark because the time is drawing nigh? How many can you put in there? How many can you fit? Is your ark pretty small? Is it even built for that matter? Or how many do you want to fit in there? One person. One person. I don't care what you've done. Charles, let me emphasize this. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how nasty you've been. I don't care what you've done in your past. It makes no difference. God is daring you, sir and ma'am, today, listening to this podcast, to hit your knees and give him a reason to move. He's standing there. Why don't you picture him for a minute? He's standing right there right now with his hands crossed up. You know, you know how you can fold your arms over your chest, and he's standing there patting his foot saying, give me a reason to move. I dare you. Get on your knees and begin to cry to me and give me a reason to move. I look to and fro across this earth to see who I can show mighty to. Give me one good reason. And, and it doesn't matter what you've done, who you've been, where you've been. He's looking for somebody that will hit their knees. Charles, I don't know how any other way to say it than that. I don't either. I, I think 
what God has said today is loud and clear. He is looking for a people who will believe and hope against hope like Abraham, that no matter what the course of a country or a household or a nation is, that we can see the move of God within our own lives. You know, I told you it's called collisions with God, Scott. I call them collisions with God. I've, I've, I've ran into people who were on their last leg. I've ran into people who were at the end, at wit's end and at the end of their rope, and I've prayed with them. And, Scott, their lives were changed because someone stood in the gap for them. Yes. Their lives were changed. Their, their, the course of their life was altered and detoured because they collided with a believer. And I can say right now, if you will, listener, if you will pray, God, give me collisions, collisions with God, interactions and interventions and send people my way that I will be able to pray and call their name out and see you moving on their behalf. Scott, one person can make a difference. And like you said, I love what you said about the ark. No matter how small your ark is, you can get one person in before the flood comes. Isn't it worth mm-hmm. it? Isn't it worth it, Scott? If we can get one yes. person in before the flood comes, then we have made a difference in the eternal destiny of one person. And listener, you have that kind of influence. Abraham had that influence. Nehemiah had that influence. Hannah had that influence. There are people woven through scriptures who have stood in the gap and prayed and made a difference and changed the course of a life of a person, of a nation, of a country, of a city. And you can do the same because God delights in mercy. God delights in reconciliation. God delights in making a way where there seems to be no way and bringing light into a dark place. And we can do that right now, Scott. And I believe that is exactly the message that God is wanting to get across on this podcast. That the mystery of the intercessor is cry out to God and see God move and make a difference in just one person's life. And you can change the course of the whole world. You know, you know, I forgot this till just today. Thank you, Jesus, for this podcast, because I needed this. But, you know, think about this for a moment. At these numbers that we're throwing out here, Charles, <laughs> you know, this is why God don't sweat and, and fret and wring his hands and worry. If you think about it, it takes an army for Satan to get something done. He's got to have thousands of minions and hundreds of people to, to affect some kind of change that he wants <laughs> in his agenda. But all it takes with God is one. That's why, he never, <laughs> that's why he never frets or worries. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. We must be getting close to the hour, Mark. <laughs> well, we, we are over just a little bit. And I believe God has got, he's got to say what he wanted to say. So there's no reason for us to keep pulling this out. But I do want to say, listener, it's your chance. It's your time. It's your time. That's what God is saying today. It's your turn. It's your time. And don't fight on a political level. Don't throw your arguments against the leadership of this 
country on social media. Don't fight the way the world fights. Fight the way that God fights. Fight on your knees. Find a war room. Create a war room. Build an ark. Make a difference. And it may only be in your life, but make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in your city's life, in your country's life. Begin to cry out to God and give God a reason to move. That's what he's saying. Give me a reason to move. Give me a reason to reconcile. Give me a reason to mingle mercy with the judgment and watch me go to work in your life. Dare to believe in a God that can do anything. And I, and just like it says in Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. And I will show you and give you happy. He said he would give us an expected end, Scott. He would change the destiny of our lives if we would just believe. And Scott, I want you to pray for us. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for every listener that there will, they will dare to believe and they will begin to call out to a God who desires and delights in mercy and change. Father, we thank you today for this word. We thank you for this message. God, you've called us to action. You gave us hope today when we wanted to give up, when we wanted to quit and say it's over. You have gave us a charge. You gave us reason to continue. Help us to receive this word and help us to do it. God, it starts with us. It starts with it, you're waiting. You, you've made the call. Now it's up to us. It's not up to you anymore. It's up to us. God, I pray every single person listening to this podcast hears this and, and takes the call. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they come from, what skin color they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what background they came from. Lord, help us to receive this call that we can affect a change. We can make a difference. It's not over yet. And God, we, we, we praise you. We thank you for this word today. Help us, Lord, to take this into our hearts. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. Listener, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I know I have. I'm so thankful that God spoke to us today, and he showed us his heart. And I'm going to do my best to obey that, and I hope you do as well. Uh, remember that we have weekly podcasts, and we'll begin a new series. If the Lord wills, we're going to begin a new series on a new subject the next time that me and Scott come together. In the meantime, I will be sending out devotions on a daily basis. Sometimes I don't get every day, and I apologize. But be looking for new devotions to listen to while you're waiting for a big podcast to come out next week. Uh, all the resources that we have available, our YouTube channels, our blogs, our Facebook page, our email address, they'll all be in the show notes of this podcast, so feel free to use it, reach out to us, give us somebody that we can intercede. If you want to use the podcast's email address, it's T underscore David underscore Ministries at yahoo.com give us a reason to intercede and we'll be glad to intercede for you on your behalf or on behalf of whoever you want to send to us and we will believe that God will change their course and their destiny right along with you uh, we hope that you are blessed in the Lord until we meet again uh, remember it is the prayer of the Q David podcast and the Watch of the Wall Ministry 
that each and every person that listens to this podcast and everyone else, read it in 